Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Hey, what's up? John Sonimus here. Just want to take a moment to tell you about an awesome sponsor we have at Simple Programmer, which is Hire.com. I'm sure you know how frustrating it can be to search for a new job. Pushy recruiters trying to recruit you for jobs you have no interest in, jobs you apply for but you never hear from again, and worst of all, going through a whole interview process only to get a ridiculously lowball offer. Well, Hired.com has solved these problems. Hired flips job searching on its head. It actually puts you in control of the job search by letting you fill out one simple application and then having employers actually apply to hire you. How cool is that? You also get access to your own career coach to help you get your next job. Hired has access to over 4,000 employers with big names like Facebook. Plus, your profile is automatically hidden from current and past employers. Oh, and they pay you to get a job. Anyway, as a Simple Programmer listener, if you use the link Hired.com slash Simple Programmer, you can get double the normal $1,000 hiring bonus and get $2,000 when you find your next job on Hired. Just go to Hired.com slash Simple Programmer to get started. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. What's up? John Sanmez here from simpleprogrammer.com. So I have, this is not really an interview. This is more of a, a conversation book review, but uh, but I want to introduce you all to, uh, to a good friend of mine, Manny, who has a YouTube channel called 2000 Books, and he's here in San Diego. He's, uh, he's a pretty cool guy. We actually went for, a lot of people want to like go and, and train with me uh, pretty often because that's, I do a lot of meetings. Like it's like, you know, I, I don't have much time. So, so Manny, actually like went and ran with me i think we did like a nine mile run and, and he actually like ran the whole nine miles like and he, and he was fine i think he was in better shape after the nine miles than i was but uh but that's pretty cool so you know i had i had much respect for for manny after that but but also because of the work that he does on youtube here he's just uh you know he's he's one of those people who's an avid reader uh you you've uh he's he's akin to i think myself and brandon carter in that respect that you know we, we pretty much i think the three of us probably would uh could like share books for like hours we could we should just like have like a three-day mastermind where we just share books because we all we all read uh, you know the same books and and read so often listen to audiobooks and, and whatnot so i'm pretty happy to have manny here and what we're going to do today is we are going to uh, review a book, uh, one of my favorite books uh, called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Not The Art of War, okay, that's different. You, <laughs> slightly different tactics between those, but we're going to talk about the book, and if you guys like this, right, then we'll probably do some more of this. You know, I do reviews myself, but it's kind of cool to to get another perspective on it and, and to go a little bit more in depth. So, but before we get into the book itself, I do want to give uh, Manny a quick second. You know, I'm, I'm Bogarting the, the conversation to introduce himself and t- talk a little about his background since uh, this is the first time that that you all are being introduced to him. So so hey. thanks, Manny. 
Hey, thanks so much, John, for having me here. Really excited. And I remember that run. Uh, it was awesome. And I knew that if John says we're going to do 15 miles, I was going to run 15 miles because I wasn't going to let that go down. I wasn't going to let John think that I was a little bitch. So <laughs> that's the way it was going to go down, man. But I, I, I enjoy running. But at the same time, that's my mindset. It's like, you yeah. know, it's something that I feel like you and I are kindred spirits that way. Like I believe in mental toughness. I believe in like that aggressive approach towards life and not like bitching out and not taking easy and like easy ways out in life so that's something um i would have not done but but really awesome awesome to connect with you man it's been it's been fun following your work uh, uh, and uh, see all your videos you do a great job on on the because I, I get to learn something new. I, I used to be a programmer in, in my past life. So for all 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 our simple programmers out there, uh, I used to be a programmer, but very low layer programmer. I started with C and assembly, and right. I'm an electrical engineer, electrical engineer, computer engineer. So I, I was I was writing code for uh, embedded systems. I, I used to work at Nokia, Texas Instruments, Cirrus Logic, Qualcomm. So I did all of that. Uh, all in embedded systems on video DVD players, on cell phones. And before I left it all, the last job I had, I was at Qualcomm and I was managing billion dollar plus cell phone projects for the likes of Sony and Nokia and Microsoft and a bunch of other companies. I, I held those accounts for a long time. So, and then I gave it all up to do 2000 books. So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, sometimes you just gotta you, you gotta get on and out on your own. You gotta you know you gotta produce what, what you gotta produce into the world. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're kindred spirits, and uh, and I definitely agree with your philosophy about you know not not pushing out, not not pitching out. You gotta gotta go for it, you know. And that's 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 it because you you get something. Yeah, I mean, developing that mental toughness and developing that strength is is so critical. Yeah, yeah. There's the there's no denying that. And, and you know, as I read all these books and I, as I study all these books, and I've read over a thousand books at this point, and one thing always stands out: the people who win are always the ones who have that aspect. You can call it grit, you can call it persistence, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But it's that it's that thing. It's that toughness that you will you will wear you will wear out your problem. Like you will do whatever it takes to get past that freaking obstacle and you will continue to push through. And that's 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 what makes a man out of you in some ways or a woman out of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I call it like not letting yourself off the hook, right? It's like there's so many opportunities where you've got like you've got a valid excuse, like a reason why you shouldn't do something or why it's gonna be difficult or why like yeah you're you're fine, you know, or hey it's vacation or whatever. But then you know, when you don't let yourself off the hook and you force yourself to take that hard path, that's that's where like that that's the moment where you have the the chance to grow that you don't have when it's easy. And that's like I I I it's hard, but I live for those moments. Like I try to push myself to say, okay, when I'm in this difficult position, this is the opportunity to grow and to really grow depth. Whereas all, all everything else is practice. Everything else is just you know when it's going easy. It's it's that those tough places where where you really have to dig in to, to get it that that's where you actually get the growth yeah and i think like that ties in directly with the book we're talking about today right the war of art because one of the things he talks about stephen pressfield talks about is the idea that uh resistance and we're, we're going to talk about resistance a lot i guess but one of the allies of resistance is the idea that there is rationalization we can rationalize yep. everything we do. We can rationalize our inaction. We can rationalize the fact that even though we saw that beautiful growth, we didn't go talk to her. We can rationalize the fact that even though 
I need to start my business. I'm not going to do it today because I need to save up money for tomorrow or something. Like there's always a rationalization for not doing that right thing. And there, it's logical. It sounds so cohesive. It sounds so good on paper. It makes sense. But it's going to take you down. It's going to every time we're rationalizing all these things to ourselves, we're actually pulling ourselves back. That that's almost resistance getting in the way. So maybe we should talk about what resistance really is here. And you know, as we talk about the war of art here. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's let people know. So Manny has agreed to. He's got a bunch of copies of the War of Art, and he's going to give those out. We'll switch the camera here so you can see him holding up the copies, <laughs> and he's going to give those out to to someone. We'll, we'll tell you how to get them uh, so at some some point in in this in this talk. So this way you got you got to stay tuned here. But I think five copies. So yeah. So we're going to give five copies to five people, uh, and we're going to tell you in the interview how to get those copies, brand new copies. I got them from Stephen Pressfield actually. So excited to give these away now. So they're not signed by him, but he has touched them, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, they're not signed by him, but they're definitely straight from him. Yeah, so. there might be some dead skin or something like you know, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So let's talk about the war of art, right? Well, I mean, we're talking about resistance, um, and what is resistance to you? I, I think, I think you and I talk, even though we don't necessarily talk, we haven't necessarily talk, touched up on this topic very explicitly. I feel like we're, we're on the same wavelength when it comes to this. So, so what, what is resistance to you? Let's yeah. Get into it. Yeah. So this was, I mean, this is one of the things that just connected with me right off the bat from the book. This is why it's one of my favorite books is because I immediately related to this like resistance. He gives a personification to it, but resistance essentially like to me is just when you know you're supposed to be doing something, when you know that something is going to improve you in some way and there's, it's that thing that stops you from doing it. It's like, you know, if you're, if you're a biblical person, I think in, in Romans or whatever, Paul says like, you know, I, I do the things that I don't want to do essentially. Right. Like, and it's that, same like you can relate to that in, in a lot of different ways for me it was like what like i want to do this yet i do that like i want to be i want to be fit i want to lose fat yet i'm eating this cake why am i doing that right you know it's like uh, resistance is, is that thing that makes you do the thing that you don't want to do prevents you from doing the thing that you do want to do that, like the, the result that you want and and that's it's like that uh, it, it exists in so many ways, uh, at least to me. What, what about you, Manny? What, yeah, what do you yeah think? no, exactly right. Exactly. That's the way I think of it as well. It's the it's that thing inside of you, that inner voice, that critic, that little... Maybe there's this big Manny, but then there's this little Manny who's stopping me from going after my greatness, from going after the things that will actually make my life better. It's yeah. Resistance is almost like a gravitational pull here. You know, it's It's keeping us down from reaching higher from going after our biggest dreams our biggest visions our biggest uh, purpose whatever it might be and for uh, for a lot for a lot of us sometimes it shows up very clearly in entrepreneurial ventures you know we know we need to start something we know we need to go after that dream we need to go after that vision but somehow we keep pushing uh, we keep you know the resistance the voice that critic or sometimes it's also the voice outside from other people but that there is that resistance that's saying don't don't yet Exactly. Uh, you're not you're not ready yet or it's not going to be good. You're going to fail. And it's all it, it, it's it's almost like you're never we're never done winning it. So we have to fight right. this battle every freaking day, every freaking day. Like it's never done. 
And that's and actually that's a and that's that's the he Stephen talks about it in the book one of the one of the best things I think that he talks about and and like like if I had to give a one word summary of what his resistance is for most people it's procrastination mm. and 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 it's and he talks about it. this is why I love the book so much is because it's so poetic in the way that he he puts it but he talks about the the idea that it's like it's resistance would be easy to conquer if it came at you and said don't do this mm. but it doesn't it says it says don't do it right now. <laughs> or it's just like do it later like it it cajoles you it gives you the rationalization it basically says oh but not now because because if you saw it in, and i forget exactly how he phrases it he's 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 a very good writer so like the, the part of the reason to read this book is just because the way that like that he conveys the thoughts are so poetic that it really sticks with you but he essentially says if i remember correctly he essentially says that you know if resistance came at you and was like hey uh yeah don't don't do that don't write your novel right it, it would uh you'd be like oh that's resistance ah yeah screw that i'm i'm gonna fucking write my novel but because resistance comes through the back door and it's like oh oh yeah don't do it today do it tomorrow or you know then then you don't you, you get cajoled into it like it's not you don't recognize it and and, and you're it's disarming you and that's like the, the secret of and and that's it you know one of the things he just personifies resistance makes it actual actually into like this demon almost that that is and, and that that gives you a real uh, you know sense of this battle because you are in a battle it's like you said and it's a battle that you fight every day yeah yeah that's so good man what you just said there is so good the fact that it's not like we're saying I will never do it. We're just saying I will do it later. And that's so insidious. It's so it's rationalization there. Like we have found a reason for not doing it right now. Exactly. And that, that rationalization is going to take us to our graves. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. That, you know, that's procrast it's procrastination. It's rationalization. But yeah, procrastination is its biggest, as Stephen likes to say, it's the biggest manifestation yes. of, uh, of resistance. And and so I think I think that's what most you know I think most of the people that I, I hear most commonly I think from on this YouTube channel that the people that people the thing that struggle people struggle with the most right is really two things and they're really the same thing. In fact, it's kind of funny because I was joking with uh, with Josh, my business partner. I was like, if I do a YouTube video on calling people fucking lazy, it will be popular. I guarantee you, like because that's the most popular videos, and it's because that's what I think most people face. And that was me too. It's like laziness and procrastination, like. And that's why, like, <laughs> this book, like, it teaches you how to how to recognize it, recognize that it's like everyone has this problem, and this is the biggest problem that stops you from doing what you want to do in life. And once you like you recognize it, then it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but but it makes it so that you know what you're fighting, and and so you you like if you know if you expect something to be easy, and you're like, oh, why is it hard for me? I don't understand. Then then you're kind of discouraged. But if you're like everyone faces this, and this is a battle, and this is hard, and you have to do this every day then you you know what to expect so you're prepared like you, you actually bring the sword and the shield into battle as opposed to like just going out there and getting you know getting shot up with arrows yeah yeah man that's so that's so true i mean uh, i i actually created a video about this idea that we have to do optimism the right way a lot of mm -hmm. people have this rosy idea of optimism in the sense i if i just believe and if i just uh, think that it'll all work out it will work out that's optimism but that's that's very dangerous optimism because it'll you're not going to get that result what what you're saying and you know and a lot of books a lot of different books have talked about the same idea the fact that optimism is not this rosy 
outlook. It's more of the belief that you will do it, but at the same time, also realize that it's going to be really, really, really hard. It's the Stockdale paradox, as Jim Collins talks about in his book, Good to Great, right? It's, right. it's, uh, it's the idea in Think and Grow Rich that there's not one step to think and grow rich. There are six steps to this process. And two of those processes, two of those steps are identifying exactly what you're going to give in order to get what you want and having exactly the steps you need to do in order to get what you want. So all of these are saying that, hey, you're not going to, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to make sacrifices. You're going to do the work. And no part of this endeavor, this entrepreneurial venture or whatever you're trying to do is supposed to be easy. Right. But once you have this realization that life is supposed to be hard, life becomes easy. I, I, I don't know where... Who is the Stoic philosopher who said this? They said, if you believe life is going to be hard, then it's easy. Right. But if you believe it's easy, then it's really fucking hard. Because, exactly. because you, you are, you're clueless to handle life at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny because, you know, I think that's, that's one of those things that people don't grasp. Like it doesn't get easier. You get better. And, and even then, I think that gets rationalized into, oh, so then it becomes easier because I'm better. No, <laughs> it's just that you get used to it being hard, right? And there's such a difference between that. And that's what I think, you know, in, in the book also, Stephen is, is talking about how like his writing process and how he, and he, he has this story about how he, he gets up and, you know, he, he goes through the trail and it's hard. And, and he, he finally, you know, after like an hour or so, he sees the rabbit and he goes and he, and he, he take, does the kill and he, brings it home and he's got food and then but he knows that the very next day it's going to begin anew and, it, and it's like that's the that's the the secret of anyone producing any content producer goes through that. any creative any any person who's trying to improve themselves in life has to go through that process and it's every every day but that it's so critical like what you said about expecting it then then it's relatively easier because you know that it's 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 a challenge versus like the the unexpected stuff like the, in, in fact it's funny because the things that cause us the emotional distress in life is when we have uh, expectations on things mm -hmm. and those expectations are met. So when we have those expectations, like you said, of, of having things be difficult and knowing what to expect, we, we, we are more emotional, re, emotionally re resilient because that's, we already expected that we we're fighting Goliath today, right? <laughs> he, yeah. We didn't just show up to the battle and it's like, Oh shit, what is this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's expectation. And as you said, you know, everyone has to grow through it it's impersonal it's got you know resistance is going to it's it's universal it's impersonal it's everyone everyone is going through it and not only that like examples henry fonda even till the time like i think when he was in the 60s and 70s when he used to go up to stage he was still throwing up right before yeah. going up on stage right bruce springsteen Every time he goes out for a performance, we call him the boss, right? Every time he goes out on a performance, right before the performance, he knows he knows when he's ready, when his palms are sweating, his throat is tightening up, his stomach is all tightened up. He knows he's ready because that's when resistance is showing up the most and he's out there to get it. Exactly. You know, everyone, no matter how great they are, they have to go and conquer that resistance every single day, every single time. So don't for a moment believe that you'll counter it or you'll you'll you will conquer it for the rest of your life. It's not going to happen. Every day is a battle. Yeah. I mean, even, and, and you, you know, being somebody who runs and, and whatnot, know this for sure too. It's like, you know, sometimes like, like to, today I've got a four mile run, but you know, like, or like I'll have like a six or eight mile run or something. And it's, and it's like, 
compared to the 20 mile run I did a, a couple weeks ago, it seems like that's really short of nothing, but there's no such thing as an easy eight mile run. It's like, it's still an eight mile run. It's still like, it's still hard or even like I've been lifting for probably what almost 20 years now. And when I go into the gym and do a two hour lifting workout, it doesn't matter that I've been doing it for 20 years. It's still fucking hard every single time. I mean, if, as long as I'm willing to push it to, the, to that level, like it's, it's still hard. It doesn't, you don't ever say, Oh yeah, uh, two hour. I got used to doing two hour lifting workouts. It's easy now. It, it's <laughs> never that. <laughs> and that's, yeah, but that's everything in life. You know, that's that's with every single endeavor in your life. And and, and the thing about about resistance is that um, it's it's endless. I mean, <laughs> and it and if you try to, you know, it is so insidious that it will stop you from taking action any moment, any moment it can stop you. So yeah. every moment is a battle. Exactly. And that, that's amazing. Every moment is a battle. Not every day. Every moment is a battle. And uh, this is an idea I learned from uh, this book called 18 Minutes by Peter Bregman. Not sure if you've read that one. Uh, I haven't. No. Okay. So it's a time management book by Peter Bregman. And he talks about the idea is of when he wants to go out for a run. Okay. Right. When he goes, wants to go out for a run and it's cold. He lives in New York City. It's cold. It's draining. It's, you know, it's wet. And he doesn't want to go out for a run. He says all he needs to do is get out of the tie his shoes and get out of the door. Yeah. And then it will all happen. So that moment, that initial war with resistance is so crucial, man. Like that's when if you if you get it, that's when you push forward much further. That's when that you've just won over procrastination in those small moments. And that's it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a critical point, and and, and that's what, even in the book too. Like Stephen is is talking about, like like one of the biggest things I got from the book was just like sit down and do the work. Like mm -hmm. sit, if you just put your fingers on the fucking keyboard and you start typing that book chapter, ten minutes in, you'll be into it. You'll be into the battle, and you'll be. But it's it's the hardest thing to get your butt in the chair and to put your hands on the keyboard. You'll procrastinate, you'll waste time, you'll check your email, you'll go to Facebook, right? Same thing, you know, for, for you guys out there going and, and talking to a girl. Like, you just gotta fucking do it. You just gotta, you can rationalize all day and say it's not the right time, not a hot enough girl, whatever you, you wanna come up with, but you gotta do it. And once you do it, then you'll be all right. Then you'll be okay, and then the next one will be easier, and the next one will be easier. But you got that, that first, it's always that first moment, that decision to actually do the thing, to put your shoes on, to go for the run, to put your hands on the keyboard, to go make a beeline for that, for that uh, HP 10 or whatever <laughs> that you see, right? Like that's, that's the, the critical moment. And once you conquer that moment, then, then, then everything else is, becomes a lot easier. Yeah. So yesterday I was leading a meditation workshop. I was teaching uh, some of the fundamentals of meditation, mindfulness meditation. And one of the things that came, it came down to towards the end, people started asking me, how can I start to like, I want to meditate, but I can't do one hour of meditation. And I was like, please don't do one hour of meditation. Please don't <laughs> even think of doing one hour of meditation. I want you to start by doing this one minute of meditation. Make it, make a commitment to yourself to do one minute of meditation before you eat anything. Right. Let's try that because what happens is when you when you can get that small victory, the the tiny victory, then it it can st it starts to grow. You have you have just killed resistance in that moment, and now you you're bailing. Now you have momentum against resistance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Is it? And that's that's how you build habits, right? It's like you do that small thing, and then you re repeat it, and then you, that it's a reinforcing cycle, and you you know because you know you can conquer it. Once you know you can conquer it. 
that's that's all that you you need the, the knowledge to do that yeah yeah and i, I guess that's that's what like uh, steven talks about in the sense like the way to beat resistance overall is to become a pro right he says we've we've got to become a professional if we're going to beat our beat resistance if we're going to like take it down and um, you know <laughs> beat it all the way we become we've got to become professionals so i feel like in some ways you when you go out to do your workouts when you are doing your bodybuilding you feel like a professional in that domain right and when you are out doing your work and when we are out like doing our day-to-day uh, -day videos and stuff like that we've got to dedicate ourselves like a complete pro rather than take it as an amateur and say ah today i'll take the weekend off ah oh, i'm a lifestyle entrepreneur so i just take it as it comes like come on man that's 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 all fine and dandy the four hour work week and all that shit but that's not how pros really make it happen exactly yeah that's a very good distinction too and i think that in the book too because i think a lot of people say oh well a pro is someone who who does it who does it for the money and and he says he says actually the opposite. He says an amateur is someone who does it for money. A pro is someone who does it because they have to do it because they they that that's what a pro is. It's like it doesn't. It's not the money, right? They they end up making the money because they're they have that level of dedication. But a lot of people would say, oh yeah yeah, John, you're not a pro athlete. Well, it's like yeah, but again, if, if you if you if you misunderstand the mindset, the mindset of being a pro is, is what is what's critical. It's like you can to be a professional you've got to be the person that sits down and does it every day no matter what rain or shine whether you feel like it or not that's the pro attitude whereas the amateur is just like how can i quickly score off of this or they have the dream of writing the book or they have the dream of doing the thing and the, and they might be in it for the money or when the when the the going gets tough whereas the, the pro shows up and i think he relates it to like showing up for work right like mm -hmm. you show up for work every day right if you're working yeah. a regular job you don't just like you know you're a pro at that like that's that's what that's what you do and yeah. it's the same thing like the professional whether you're writing whether you're freelancing entrepreneur right whatever you're doing you're doing your workouts you're you're the pro if you have the mindset if if it doesn't matter if you're just showing up no matter what and there's and you're not gonna let those excuses come in into play whereas the amateur is like oh you know they, they have a, a, a thousand reasons why they can't write today or why they need to skip the workout or why they're not going to do this thing or start their business and or, or why it's not going to work out or the timing's bad but but the pro just just sits there and does the work day after day after day yeah yeah i mean i i like to think of it as if i am approaching life as a professional athlete right because professional athletes are the pinnacle of how a pro performs not only performs though how they practice and that's something i learned from kobe bryant you know he's legendary with his practice and i'm sure michael jordan did the same but i guess kobe is more of a contemporary for me here um so one of the things that kobe uh used to do like uh, his practices are unbelievably intense he used right. to wake up at four in the morning, get to the gym by five. And, you know, when everyone is rolling in at eight or nine or 10 a.m., he's already been there for that long. And that's when he's actually won championships and he's going back to work again. Same with Tom Brady. He is supposed to be the hardest worker in the team. He shows up the first, he leaves the latest. Like, that's just what pros do. That's what pro athletes do. These guys give their very best every freaking day. Right. It, it, it's it's so it's so so fascinating to watch these guys do their work because uh, you can learn so much from these pro athletes. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and it's like you know the the thing is like if if you want to be a pro at a thing, 
think about what the pro does. And if you do what the pro does, right? I mean, I, I, I really have the belief, I know a lot of people are disagree with this, but I, I think anyone can go to the Olympics. If you are willing to do what an Olympic athlete does for their training, yeah, I mean, maybe you're not going to win gold. I mean, maybe, you know, you got to have the perfect genetics maybe to win gold. But, you know, although although I, I wonder if, if the, the author of Peak would disagree with that even <laughs> <laughs> in, in many aspects. But but essentially, like, if you're willing to do the work and, and you're willing to act like the pro. And, and, and the same thing, you know, I was thinking one of my friends said, oh, that his son was was being benched on the Little League baseball team, right? And, 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 I, and I thought, well, you know, there's a real simple solution for this rather than arguing with the coach. Just have him practice three times more than everyone else. Mm -hmm. it's a guaranteed solution. I mean, if he practices three times more than anyone else, it won't immediately happen, but next year he'll be, he will be uh, the, a player. Like the, the, he'll be the, the first string. There's no doubt about it. it like it, it will happen. It, it's, it's, uh, it's almost on. This is like, you know, trusting the process. It's automatic. And that's, I think we, we, we forget that is like that being the pro is, is the guaranteed way to get the result. There, there is no shortcut. There is no, <laughs> you have to put in the work and that means that you have to do it rain or shine. And, you know, yeah. and I've, I've gone through this with my writing, with, with writing a book, with YouTube videos. I mean, shit, there's times when I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I get, but I'm doing two YouTube videos a day. Fucking doesn't matter what, what's happened. And that's what, what makes me have success at it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to make the distinction for people uh, between the process pro and the outcome pro in the sense I don't want people to think that they want to become the results pro in, in the right. sense that they're thinking that, hey, I need to have results like Kobe. Well, that will come, but first you got to work like Kobe, right? And that's what some of these parents are struggling with because they have the wrong mindset here. They're thinking, um, well, we need to get the results. We need to get the results for this kid. But no, we need to get this kid to work hard. The results will follow, as you say, trust the process. And I think uh, Mindset is a great book for that. Uh, it talks exactly about this idea that, you know, we can grow into anything, we, but as long as we trust the process, as long as we trust the process rather than just trust, that, rather than just believe that we're only doing it for the outcome. If we are going to work for the effort, if we're going to do it for... Um, uh, if we're going to do the hard work for the sake of doing the hard work for the love of it, then the results will follow. But exactly. If, if, yeah. if we put the cart before the horse, it's very dangerous. Exactly. I think it's, uh, I think actually Stephen quotes it in more of our, uh, the, the Bhavat Gita where he says like, you know, that we're entitled to our labor, but not the fruits of our labor, which, which I think is a very powerful statement. And when you start thinking about your whole life that way, that, that your the work is what you, you've got, right? I think that's, that's when you actually uh, ironically get more of the fruits. But when you're, mm -hmm. like you said, when you put the, the, the horse before the cart before the horse you're, you're focused on the results you're focused on on the thing and when you don't see the progress you you don't see that you you miss the the stuff that's happening underneath the surface because that's where you're you're growing and and, and changing and like you know th those those metamorphoses come from being able to sit down and do the work or do the practice sessions and then and over time and then all of a sudden you you see this bloom that happens and then that's where you where you see the results but like if you're focused on the results from the very beginning you you get discouraged you you know your your aim is wrong it, your aim should be on becoming the pro being the person who 
who sits in and writes. And I mean, even Stephen Pressfield's story of, of him spending so much time before he, you know, he was writing every day. And, uh, and, and I think it was funny, like in, in the book, he talks about the story where he, he wrote his first book and then he went over to his, his, uh, his kind of mentor buddy in the, in the trailer park or whatever it was. And, and he said, Oh, good kid. Uh, now start your next one tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's the, <laughs> that's the attitude. Like, you know, that's, that's what we gotta, we gotta have is like, it's, it's not done. It's never done. You're, you're going on next one. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something very interesting you said there while you're, you know, uh, you said that it's it's very interesting that when we are on this mission when we're you know doing something for the love of it actually that's when the results come rather than when we're just chasing the results and when we're just chasing the money and that's when the money eludes us and this is something fascinating that uh, jeff bezos talked about in his book he said you know if you you can either approach your business as a mercenary or as a missionary when you're uh, a missionary, yeah. you're on it because you want to do it, because you believe in it, you believe in the cause, you believe in the purpose, you're after it, right? But when you're a mercenary, all you want to do is make a quick buck and get out of it, right? And he said, if you if you if you actually approach business as a mercenary, as a missionary, in the long term, you end up making more money and doing good. But if you approach it as a mercenary, none of them happen. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. And most of us approach our lives in the in the mercenary as right. It's like we make these short term decisions to make money instead of the things that will will actually benefit us in, in the long term and in, in the career. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were like we're so um, and I guess that's that's the that's the war with resistance. Right. The fact that uh, the short term thinking is what resistance is really all about. It's always it's like it's a siren. It's 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 always seducing us. Hey, eat that cookie. Hey. Uh, take that break. Hey, take it easy. You don't have to run five miles. You already jacked up. Whatever it is, you know, it's always got its reasons for why you don't need to uh, do the long-term work. You can just get away with the uh, with the uh, shortcuts, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. There's. Um, I got to. I'm trying to think of one of my favorite quotes in the book too. Is he he talks about? I wish I I should have brought up pulled up some exact quotes, but he, he says, uh, the, you know, the, the, back to the professional, he says, the professional knows that if, if he can just keep those huskies mushing, he'll eventually pull into Gnome. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is a brilliant writer. Yeah. And that's what I kept on thinking. Like that actually struck me. I remember when I was doing my Pluralsight courses and I was like, I had the goal of doing like 36 in, in one year. And I was at like course like 15 or so. I was like halfway there. I remember running on the beach one day, like I was listening to War of Art. And I, and I remember that phrase because I was having a hard time struggling. Like it was it was tough. I was like, oh, I got to finish this. I got to keep on doing this every week, every week I got to do this. And, and I kept on thinking about that. And even when I was writing my book, when I was writing soft skills, when I was writing that book, I was thinking, okay, all I got to do is just keep those huskies mushing. <laughs> Eventually, I will get there. If every day I just do what needs to be done for that day, if I'm making that little bit of progress, then that will, will and, the, and then you get there. And that's, and then it's amazing, right? I mean, everything can be accomplished just by, all you got to do is just keep it going. All you got to do is just keep on moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. You showed up like a pro every single time and uh, you kept on. And the thing is, a, a lot of people might think looking at you, John, they might think you've got it made. You've got it easy that it's easy for you to say it's easy for you to do these things. But the truth is, we're all playing the cards we're being dealt with. I mean, we're, we're it's almost like being a pro requires that you you play the cards you're being dealt with, whether it's 
something bad happened to you, whether something good is happening to you, whether you've been, you know, you had a bad bounce of the ball or whatever it is, we've all got to freaking deal with that, you know, injuries or what, everything, <laughs> we're all having our problems. So, so I, I bet there's a lot of, lot of viewers here who do not believe they can do what you can do because somehow they think you are a genetic freak. Right. And that's, yeah, and that's not, it's not true. Right. It, it's simply not. Well, and I think one of the things that, that separates that is like, it's, you have to, I, I always talk about the idea that like how you do uh, anything is how you do everything. Right. And so if you, it doesn't matter where you're at, like whatever station you're at in life, like if right now you're listening to this and you are working some shit job doing fast food, let, let's say, but you want to become a software developer. Well, you're gonna have to put your hundred percent. Like you're gonna have to be a pro at at flipping those burgers. And I know that sounds really stupid and, and silly, but like if you can't do that, it like and you have the power to do that, right? If you can't put your hundred percent and give it your all and and go the extra mile in that, and then whatever you're studying on the side, if you if you don't do that, then when you do reach that next level, well, first of all, you're not gonna reach the next level. But if you did, you won't be prepared. You won't climb up the ladder and, until you're ready. And and I think that's that's the thing is like it. Does doesn't it doesn't get easier as you climb flyer you get more problems different kinds of problems actually harder problems but you're not ready for those problems if you're not if you're not prepared at the lower level so a lot of people you know they want to say oh well you know you had advantages you got lucky you got all these things and they they say that to a lot of successful people but what they don't what they don't realize is that they couldn't they couldn't handle the, the opportunities that that would come because they don't they because I guarantee you if if you are a lazy ass and you have a job at Burger King and you are not working to your maximum potential at the job at Burger King you may think oh well if I could get a job as a software developer I'd really show them but that's bullshit you'll be just as lazy you'll fuck up that opportunity it's a good thing you don't have the opportunity to fuck it up right now like work on wherever you're at right now and figure that out and get get that work ethic and and, and do the work there and then you'll 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 reach the higher station and that's and, and you know every successful person that, that I've talked to, it's, it's been that like, like <laughs> that's how they got there. Now. Yeah. There's some luck, there's some opportunity and stuff, but it's because they had, they had built up that work ethic. Like you said, the, the, the Kobe Bryant or, you know, like they had done that, that when the opportunities came, when the luck came, they could actually capitalize on it and were ready for it. And they didn't fuck it up when they got the opportunity. And that's, I think that's the thing that's like, that, that's so critical. Yeah. And, yeah. and anyone has the power to do that. Yeah. And so before we go on, John, maybe we should tell people how to get hold of these books, right? Uh, yes. So we, we, you and I talked about this before we started the interview. And one of the things I, th I think what we're going to do is, well, what, okay. So as a listener here or has, as, as a viewer, what, what we need you to do is tell us, leave it in the comments below. Tell us what exactly is the thing that you are fighting the resistance like what's what's the resistance in your life what is the what is the area of your life where you are struggling the most where resistance is showing up the most and what action do you need to take what will you do to fight this resistance and the answer which is the most passionate like the five answers which we find are the most passionate which really when you we can sense it if it's for real uh i'll go ahead and mail these five copies to these five people so sounds awesome. good yep sounds yeah. good yeah we'll okay. see we'll get some, i think we'll get some good answers here nice all right, so let's let's carry on. Let's start. Let's talk more about this idea. And one of one of the uh, one of the ideas that I absolutely loved when I saw this, I I could actually see it across the board. The idea that fear, you know, a lot of people think that 
um, we must overcome fear right. in order to take action. But what what Stephen Pressfield is saying is that you can never overcome fear. You, right. it's actually dangerous to overcome fear and become a fearless warrior, right? Because you will jump off from the tallest buildings and kill yourself. That's not the way to approach it. What the realization that pro has is the idea that there will always be fear, but I must act in spite of it. I yeah. must act in face of fear. And uh, I had this very interesting discussion with some person one time, uh, with this person one time, and she said, well, courage is just the opposite of fear. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> courage is taking action in face of fear. Courage is something like, it, truly, it's one of my most fundamental values. And I, I believe strongly in the idea that you don't want to kill fear. You just want to be able to dominate it. Exactly. This is something I, I can relate to very, very close. And, and this book really actually helped me to change this mindset because I, I had that exact same view that courage was the opposite of fear. I, I, there was, you know, I won't get into the story now, but but you can check out, a, maybe Rodrigo put up a video where, where I talked about my panic attacks and, and my story or, or, or the talk I gave uh, Xamarin about the, this. But essentially, fear took over more and more of my life. It because because I had the philosophy, like you said, that courage was the opposite of fear. Because what my plan was, okay, I'm afraid to fly in an airplane right now. So let me like read some books. Let me mentally prepare myself. Let me let me get to the point where I'm no longer afraid, and then I'll do it. Right? Then I'll have courage. And you know what? That will never ever come. The only way to conquer fear is to conquer fears, to actually go out and do that. And a lot of, you know, back in my, my younger days, you know, approaching women and, and things like that, I was afraid. I was afraid to do that. A lot of guys on this channel, I know it, they're afraid to do that. They, they're, and, and they think that somehow if they read enough books, if they hear enough people talking about it, that they'll become comfortable enough that it will actually just become comfortable. And, it, and it's so untrue. You will never, ever Get on that roller coaster, fly that airplane, talk to that hot girl. Uh, you know, do that thing that scares you just from 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 book knowledge, from anything like that. It will always be. It will always require you to. And in fact, courage cannot exist without fear. If you mm -hmm. have no fear, you have no courage. And in, in fact, courage is is very contextual. It's personal because. A courageous act has nothing to do with 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 the act itself. It has to do with how much that fear was involved in overcoming that, right? And it's like, yeah. and and we recognize this inherently when we see someone who is obviously scared to go up and talk to an audience, go up and do that, right? We we say they're oh you're you're very courageous, but we don't we don't say to Tony Robbins who's used to doing that all the time. We don't say oh he's so courageous going up there and talk, right? We recognize that instinctually but we don't apply it to our own lives but that but that is what courage is it's it's based on on that fear and and the higher level that you reach the more fears that you conquer the higher level it will require you to to develop courage right so so it's a, it's an always constant challenge but but one of the big things like like you said i think i think we're pretty much similar in this is that like one of the big ruling factors of my life now is if I'm afraid to do it, I must do it. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you know, within, if it's actually beneficial to me, it's, it's not like I'm like, I'm afraid to go jump in front of that car right now. So I'm going to go jump, you know, but, but if, if there's something that's holding me back in my life that I'm afraid to do it, I must conquer that fear immediately instead of letting it because it will grow. Yeah. Yeah. It will. It's, I think uh, fear's number one friend is time. Yes. And the more time you give it, the more it will, 
fester and grow and uh, not let you dominate it. And there's a beautiful book about this, the, what, what you actually said. Uh, the book is called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways by Susan Jeffers. It's all about the idea that no matter what fear you have in life, uh, she gives strategies exactly how to go about conquering by by taking action. And she gives specific strategies to do that. But again, the title of the book is very telling. Feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah. That's that's the courageous action right there. You know, fear is always there, but the courageous action, that's what the pro is doing. That's how you beat resistance. You feel it. You know. I think the beauty of the the amazing thing about this book, John, to me was just the realization that this exists. Just the exactly. realization that resistance is going to be there. Yeah, yeah, because you, you don't realize what and, and the fact that he's given it such a personification makes it so that I can like you know what I mean? Like, I know I'm fighting this battle. I can almost, like, you know what, when you know what the enemy is, it's almost like, you know, the, um, again, another another religious book, but uh, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape leather, Letters, if you've ever read that book way, way back, when it was like he was giving the devil a personification so that you could see the tricks, right? And it was like, it's a very similar type of, of thing. It's like once you've identified the enemy and you can see what it is and you've given it physical characteristics, it's easier to conquer because you can recognize it quickly. It, it's like when you're deceived and you don't realize what the enemy that you're fighting is, that's that's when you're in trouble because you you can't you can't fight something that you don't recognize you know it's, it's like the, the best way to deceive someone is to not let them know that you're doing it if i'm if i'm obviously tricking you or if i'm obviously fighting you you can come come against me but if i come in and and i'm i'm a you know a silent assassin or, or whatever you you don't know you don't know you don't have any way to to defend yourself because you don't recognize the enemy yeah i mean why are we scared of the dark because we can't see it's the unknown, right? That's what scares us. But if there's light, if we can see exactly who the enemy is, things become much easier. We know what we need to do. I mean, if it's a snake or if it's a leopard or if it's a freaking person with a knife, every one of them is a different thing that requires a different approach to this thing. So so understanding that uh, we can now, well, like we can clarify who it is allows us to fight a much cleaner battle in some ways and become a pro at it uh, in the sense of pro at fighting this um pro, pro at uh, never never letting this um never letting this be an easy way out in life and just constantly <laughs> constantly punching it in the face yeah exactly um Oh, so I want to I ask you about the, so what do you think about the last section of the book, right? Section three now. So it's, I think it's kind of interesting because even the person who wrote the foreword for the book, like they're like, oh, I don't really agree with, with C, which is kind of interesting that he included that forward. But I, I you know, I, I thought that it was, uh, it, it says something about, about Stephen, uh, Stephen's character uh, that, that he did include the forward, even though it was, you know, kind of resistant to, to that last portion of the book. But a lot of people like, they're like, Oh, the book is great, but not the last part. What was what, your, what was your thoughts on it? So for the last part, the thing that I enjoyed the most was the difference between being territorial mm -hmm. versus being hierarchical. Like mm -hmm. I could totally understand like that was that that's a part that spoke to me. And also the part about being a hack. Yeah. That is yeah. so hard like initially when you're starting off it's very hard to figure that out 
In fact, every one of us has to go through that process of being a hack for a while, just because it's so hard to know what is it that I, my true voice is. You know, finding that true voice takes a little takes a little effort and work. But okay, so for the audience, um, the idea of the hack, the idea of the hack, as Robert McKee, you know, who's the um, the author of the Power of Story, I think he says the hack is someone who's actually going out to figure out, okay, what do people want to hear? What is right. it that they want to see? What is it that they want? what is it that they i think i can make money off of right that's what the hack is doing but the true pro or the yeah i guess the true artist or the true pro is saying i don't care i'm going to do what truly calls me i'm going to do what i enjoy what i'm going to do what really excites me and that that to me is really like it's very powerful because i've seen this in my business very much so like people when I go out to do something just because I think it will get me more audience or because I think it will help me grow subscribers and stuff like that, even though it's not the most exciting thing, I find it's not it's not it's not fun. I mean, and it doesn't lead to the end result. But if I do things because I enjoy them, because I truly like I'm being called to do them, like I started making videos more where I could just talk to the camera, not having to do with any other interviewers, um, any other authors authors being interviewed because I felt constrained in the author interviews because I can only talk about their book rather than talk about all the ideas from all the different books and from all you know from all my experiences in my life when I do those things I get a lot more a lot faster and better response yeah. so so it's it's interesting to see that hacking <laughs> it's a dangerous thing but we I don't know man I, I think everyone goes through that initially Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it takes time to find your voice, and and it's funny because some people, you know, they're they're like, oh, well, John, like you start putting some ads like sponsors on your on your stuff, so so now you're kind of like a sellout, right? And I'm like, you know what, actually. Maybe, maybe you could think that, but I'm actually like, fuck it. Like, I'm still going to say whatever I want to say. And if a sponsor says, oh, you were, were we, I can't believe you, you did a video about pornography or masturbation uh yeah we're done we're no more then they're done then that's fine i don't fucking care like i'm gonna monetize the thing if i if i can but i'm not going to let it stop my content but that's that it, and but it is i don't want to make light of that because it is a hard decision right it is hard especially as an entrepreneur like i when i read that first part of the book or that part of the book i first struggled with it a lot because i'm like well I gotta make money, <laughs> and but then I'm like, well, but I gotta be authentic, and and I've gone on on other, you know, on one side of it to the other, and I I finally landed in the spot now where I'm like, look, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, and but I'm gonna I'm gonna run the business as smart as I can as well, and when they conflict, I'm gonna I'm gonna be authentic and genuine, and and take whatever consequences come from that, and that's to me and that's actually built more success like as this the youtube channel has started growing since i said you know fuck it i am going to just g unleash it. like i don't care some people aren't going to like this they're going to be pissed off this is not the best way to make money but you know but this is is genuine and authentic so that i'm not being a hack and that's so but but i think there's there is somewhat of a balance like the, the one thing that i was like you know if you're just a pure artist and you don't care at all about 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 like you know what what is going to make money then i i don't know I, I think an entrepreneur is like is like an artist who is also paying attention to the business and that's that's like like critical at least that's that's what i found but uh mm -hmm. but but yeah but it, but it's easy to go the other road and just be like okay what do, what do people want and you know but i always talk about the idea of just like ignoring everything 
that people don't take feedback. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. That, that's like one of the key things. It's like you, you got to be able to like maybe you hear the stuff, but you got to be able to not take the feedback. Honestly, you got to be able to say like, "Look, that's great. Uh, you don't like this, whatever." But it doesn't matter because I, I'm what you know. Ultimately, you look at yourself and say, "Am I happy with this work? Am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I, you know, is this what I want to produce into the world?" And, and, the, and I think that's the difference between like, like taking the feedback, like trying to get what people to, to, for you to be, do or become what people want people pleasing versus hearing people and, and using that as a reflection to say, did that produce what I wanted to produce? Like, like that, that's, you know, when I hear other people talking about this, was that, was that what my intent was? If my intent wasn't expressed adequately, then I'm, I make some changes. I, I alter, but but not not to please people just to make sure that what i you know like yeah yes you heard me correct that oh, oh, oh you, you i'm you didn't quite hear my message this is what i'm trying to say like it doesn't matter if you like it it's i i want to hear the feedback to know whether or not i need to clarify the message not whether i need to change the message and i think that's mm -hmm. that's the, that's to me that's the difference between being the hack and not being the hack yeah, I, I think there's the sweet spot here, what you're saying. Um, uh, good to great. Jim Collins talks about the three intersecting circles, right? The greatest businesses are the ones that are in this three intersecting circles. The first circle is what you're passionate about. Right. The second is what you can be the greatest at, what you can yep. be really good at, right? You got the skills, you got the passion. And the third is where the market is. So right. the okay. intersection okay. of all three like when all of these three are intersecting, that's the sweet spot. And I think the hacks, what they do is they only look at where is the market. They're not exactly. looking at where their passion is. They're not looking at where they can be the greatest ad. They're just looking at where the market is and they're trying to cater to that market constantly. And, uh, you know, there is temporary success to be had in that, but there's no long-term fulfillment or success in that. Yeah, we were, we were having this discussion about some, I think some of your buddies that do a lot of Facebook advertising and they like, they look for these, these angles, like, like they, they, they look for the, that, uh, they, they see all the angles and they're, and they're making these big bets and they're making tons of money, but they're like, it, it's like, it's like, uh, they found a loophole. They found like a, a short little scam that will work for a short period of time. And that's exactly like, in my mind, that's exactly the hack. And, and again, not to knock, like, I mean, yeah, those guys are making money. They're, they're, you know, and they're working hard. They are but because they don't have those other two circles it's not a long-term thing and it's it's probably not super fulfilling like the money's probably good that you know what the money buys is probably good but but i know that i won't be fulfilled unless it's like those the intersection of those three circles yeah it was an interesting conversation uh, my friend said man if only you knew hard how if you if you knew how hard it is to do these black hat things to do these you know kind of sort of sorted things or kind of sort of like uh, uh, what you would call illegal things. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter if it's hard. It's still, right. it's still the wrong thing to do. Just because it's hard, just because it's hard to rob a bank, doesn't make robbing a bank a good idea. So. Exactly. <laughs> I was just like, uh, you know, not to beat the dead horse on that, but uh, I, you, I told you the story about the the JavaScript course that I, that I did, and you know, for those of you who want the background, there, I did a video on this, but. But the guy that had had ripped off the course from the original author, and I was thinking in my head, this must have been really fucking hard to do. Just about as hard as building your own course. <laughs> like, but why? Like, you know, if you're going to put in the effort and the work, like, take the extra step to to make sure that it's it's the right thing. 
because you know it, or it, it, i wonder if it's in this but i it might be how to win friends influence people where, where he talks about or, or maybe it's in uh the 50th law or, or maybe both where he talks about putting putting the the ladder up against the wrong uh the wrong wall <laughs> or the wrong castle right uh maybe the I, seven habits it might be it might be yeah, yeah. one of those books there you know i think i think it's been said multiple times but like when you if you put the ladder up against the wrong wall that's like ah oh, all the work you do all the effort you do you're going up the wrong wall like that's <laughs> you got to make sure that the ladder's on the right wall first otherwise all that work and that effort nah, it, it becomes a waste and yeah and that's exactly what actually you know the last part of the book is also talks about the idea of territorial versus hierarchical a lot yeah. of people are climbing that hierarchy whether it's in their job mostly in their jobs or in whatever domain and they think that's the only way to win in life but the true artist or the true entrepreneur i would say well, are, they're thinking more territorial they're thinking more a bigger picture in the sense it's not about climbing this one ladder it's about saying this is the thing this is what i own this is what i enjoy this is what i work on and it doesn't matter what the hierarchy or what the external hierarchy someone else is climbing i don't care exactly yeah because you can always get caught like if you're thinking hierarchy you will always right there will always be someone better looking than you that has more muscles than you that has more money than you that's more successful than you that's business is bigger than you that's youtube channel is bigger than yours right like there's if you're looking at hierarchy and judging yourself you're never going to be happy and you're never going to reach the top because there's always like you, you right but if you're looking at the territory of okay this is my territory like when i go to the gym this is my zone or like when i right or make these youtube videos this is it doesn't then then you're 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 trying to improve yourself and that's what you know i've always been been trying to focus on is it's like well i don't i don't really care what other people's potential is or what their opportunities are the question i always have to ask myself is am i maximizing my own potential like am i doing what i can do and that's ultimately what's going to make you the difference between being happy and fulfilled i think is that if you're maximizing if you're doing what you can do with what you got and that's what you're you're judging yourself against like how to be the better version of yourself how to be better than you were yesterday that's the that that different in mindset and that you can actually be, feel good about whereas the other one you know whatever like how or who are we going to become mark zuckerberg or like i mean there'll, there'll always be mark Z zuckerberg and richard branson and and you know elon musk hanging over our heads as entrepreneurs so how could we even feel good about ourselves as entrepreneurs if we if we're stuck in that hierarchy mindset yeah yeah the hierarchy mindset is it's 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 rather insidious uh, because it doesn't allow you to not only feel successful in any endeavor, but it doesn't even allow you to go after your own self-actualization, as you're saying, right? That uh, as Maslow's hierarchy, you know, the seven, the six or the seven, the highest of them is to be able to self-actualize, to be able to accomplish your biggest, like to be able to uh, do beyond what you thought what you thought you you could ever do in some ways like to 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 actualize your potential to do the very best you can uh, with what you've gotten and it's it believe it or not man it is one of the greatest joys in the world when you do that and you know just like you i grew up very shy not 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 necessarily shy but i didn't have any social skills like for me right. um, women were just as bad a struggle as you you and i have talked about right you know but that actualization of being able to go and dominate like being able to master that period of life 
it is way it is so fulfilling it is so fulfilling that there's there are no words that can ever describe that feeling like it's so knowing that i started from nothing and i made it all the way i figured it all out even though i had no idea of how to do this it's it, you know you, <laughs> that's when you know you can do anything Oh yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's it's kind of funny because when I was doing, I mean, I had success as a software developer, and I was making you know six figure salaries, and uh, and then I was doing Pluralsight courses, and I was making a shit ton of money doing Pluralsight courses. But at one point, I remember when I when the blog was first starting up, and I got like Amazon affiliate revenue, and it was like fifty dollars for the month. And I was more excited about that $50 because that was the $50 because I had done that all on my own. Everywhere else, it was like a job someone was paying me or even with the Pluralsight videos. Here, I created the videos, but it was their platform. They were the entrepreneurs, right? I was just the author getting paid the royalty, you know, and, and it was kind of funny because I would get this big, you know, $100,000 check, yet I'm excited about the $50 check. And, and it was because I knew that I did that on my own. No one helped me. I, you know, I built that thing. And that was, was the thing that was important to me. And that, in fact, that's why I stopped doing Pluralsight courses. Everyone was like, oh, you should, you'd be making millions and millions of dollars if you, if you just kept on doing that, like the rate that you were doing it. And I was like, no, but, but it's important to me to, to know, because the most fulfilling thing is that like, I built like, w when I look at Simple Programmer today, it's like, I did this, like this was my hands in the clay, molding the thing. No one came and gifted it. No one came and like made this, like had a magic wand or, or you know, not, not, not that people haven't helped me build it, but it was my vision that, that came into being. Like it wouldn't exist without me. Whereas those other things, they would exist, they would go on, but this is my creation. And that's, you know, that's the, that, that's what, to me, this like that the entrepreneur becomes the artist. Like that's, that those things are tied together for me. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it ties together with like almost the starting of the book where Stephen talks about the idea that there are two lives that we all have: the life that we are living, right, and then the life and the life that we want to live, the life that we dream of living, but we're not living yet. And that that's what you know when we are pursuing our dreams with passion and we're going after them and we're able to realize those dreams and those lives become one that's the greatest joy in life in some ways knowing that i actually am able to live the dream that i dreamt exactly <laughs> you know, live the live the life that i dreamt rather than just the majority of people who just have these two lives and they never come together and and have you made it right like it's it's you know i i always talk about the idea that like i wouldn't want to win the lottery and a lot of people are like, ah, oh, that's bullshit. And uh, well, fine, that's fine for you. But I would want to win the lottery; it would solve all my problems. And like, yeah, the way that you earn the thing is is directly influences the joy you'll get out of it. And it's like, if you get stuff handed to you, you will not you will not get fulfillment. Like, because it, it's not about the end goal; it's not about the thing. It's about who you become in the process of, of getting it and knowing that you have have attained that thing. That's ultimately you know the value like if you play a video game and you use a cheat code you might get to the end but do you feel like at the end you're like man i really kicked ass you're like no i use a cheat code like so there, there's no value in it yeah there's there's this there's so much value in hunger you know the hunger and going after actually i've watched that video of yours and i was thinking about what you said and i was like well you know what i'll take the lottery i'll take the winnings and i'll give 
that to my parents. I'll put them away. I'll put them in investment, but I will go back to doing this business and I'll go back to being as broke or as whatever I was when I started in terms of doing the business because that's when the hunger is and that's when it actually will make me do this business very well rather than, you know, <laughs> have everything available to you. Then it will be really hard to do business. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that's true. And that's like, and that's what actually one of the struggles that I that I had as I start to become successful and, and make money, especially from the, the the ventures I've been doing, is it's like, well, now now like, how do you have that hunger again? And you you, just, you got it. You just got to realize that like you you still got to keep on going, uh, you know. So, um, one thing I wanted to mention too about the the book too is the uh, the idea of. Uh, the, the, well, in the last section, like the whole creative, like the muse and the like, you know, coming into that was the kind of mystical section. I think that a lot of people didn't didn't really like, but I actually liked that. I thought that was was actually pretty pretty good. Uh, but uh, I don't know what, what do you think I, about that. I struggled with that too, man. Because uh, I, I like one of the things he said was, "You're just here for this calling, and you should find that calling and do that thing." I I don't know about that anymore. I believe that we can do what. You know, whatever is in front of us right now, whatever the calling is right now. And my calling might change five years from now, 10 years from now. I may not be uh, this person the way I am or the way I'm expressing the things. Like I used to be, you know, so I started as a physicist. Then I moved right. on to electrical engineering, computer engineering. I did all that. It was great joy for a while. And then it was done. Like I was like, yeah, I'll move on to do something else. I, I want to do my business. I want to start a business. So I'm, I'm kind of torn about the idea of that one muse for the rest of your life. Um, don't know, man. <laughs> I, I would say that you know, I, I, I firmly believe that there's a, that we have like a purpose in our life, and that, that our purpose is it transcends a particular action or vocation or, or what you're doing. And we have different purposes that, that we're driven towards. You know, I think I've talked about before. I've told you like, like I, the way that I figured out how to find your purpose in life is to figure out no matter what you're doing, no matter what context or station you are in life, what would the one thing be that you would do no matter what, right? And for me, it was that I would learn everything possible about that subject and condense it and share it with other people. That's like I would I would have to gain the knowledge and and share that 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 wisdom. And that's like and I as I look through my life, I've always done that. And I always did that and that's the thing that that lights me up the most. Where some people it might be like analyzing problems or like salt like I, I don't know different purposes, but for me that's my purpose. And so that that could be expressed in, in no matter what I'm doing in life, that I, I can be living my purpose regardless of the job, regardless of the circumstance or or, or thing like that. It's it's amazing what you just said because I feel like that's what I do right now with my YouTube channel and the business in general, like the podcast and everything is the same idea that I take ideas, I compress them, and I distill them for for all of us, right? And uh, funny enough, like last Saturday. I was at a housewarming party, my friend's party. And uh, like, it was just three of us, three of us guy friends sitting there while everyone was away. And I, we got into this conversation, weirdly enough, on a housewarming party. And I was like, okay, so what do you guys think my strengths are? So one of my friends, he's like, yeah, man, your strength is you can see all the complexity, all the complex ideas and all this stuff and break it down and express it and inspire people to, to like to, you can actually literally make the idea so simple that it's very easy to take action on rather than it's so complex so hard that nobody understands it and my other friend was like yeah man you you just got this thing for making complex things simple and then i'm like dude you know you're 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 copying john's tagline here like what the hell 
but but it's true i think that's why we we uh why we, why we do feel like we're kindred spirits is because that's what that's what we do we i think we both have a very similar alignment like purpose in life that like you know i'm i'm sure that you know i could guess that when you were a physicist or when you were an engineer you're probably doing the same thing you're probably teaching other people you know you're probably the mentor you know and then that's probably why you accelerated you know quickly in your career is because you had that attitude and that's uh, it's the same that's what i I couldn't stop myself from doing that. Yeah, I think the the part that was common also was inspiration. Like I was always drawn to that, the fact that it was that we could all be more than what we are, and that's something that's always called me. So being able to to talk about or being able to inspire myself and inspire others is something that I always get drawn to as well. While I'm taking all these ideas, conceptualizing them, and uh, and not only that, like I, I think of all the dimensions so you know even if i'm thinking business i'm thinking how does it relate to rock climbing or sailing or how does my sailing idea that i learned today relate to my business or how does dating idea relate to business or you know it's it's all it's all a web that all interrelates in some ways and the beauty is when you find something that actually just ah this makes sense in every realm of life exactly and, and yeah and that's funny because you think that like uh you know there's a lot of very skeptical and critical people that want to say in, in fact, I know it because they're here on this on the YouTube channel commenting, and they they say, "Oh, well, you you do you have a psychology degree or like, well, you can't be an are you do you think you know more than a medical doctor or or a psychiatrist or do you think you know more than a fitness person you know a, a certified trainer or do you think you know more than a physicist or what you know all these all these different things and they're throwing out these credentials and what what I find is that people who are successful in one like super successful in one area it carries over so there's so much carryover like you said that they excel in all these areas so so it, it's as a, as a skeptic and and a lot of people that's that say these kind of things they they don't they can't relate to this because and to be honest they're, they're lazy asses who are just conquered by resistance and they've never done anything with her they've never been the best at anything in their life except for maybe playing world of warcraft right and, and so what, what ends up happening is they don't realize that like yeah once you hit like that high level of of ability in in one area or you you learn a lot or you gain a lot of wisdom in one area it carries over so to such unrelated things and and you're able to go up to the expert level in multiple areas and and really you you see that you know it's that that whole principle the you know the, the, who who has more will be given more it's mm -hmm. it's it's such a true thing is it's like if you have more if you're more successful you will be more successful and the people there's there's this huge chasm and divide and so it, it's very hard for people to see across that chasm but it's it's because those things are are cumulative someone I, you know i would guarantee that someone who is who's elite level athlete is probably going to have a very high chance of success of becoming an elite level entrepreneur if they pursue that right because because it's something that seems so unrelated it actually does carry over yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. You you said what your you know people on your channel say. It's the same thing. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was ta I was talking about something, and I said, "Hey, by the way, I'm giving this talk on mental toughness, and you guys should come." And the guy's like, uh, "So you're a psychiatrist or something?" I'm like, "No, I fucking do this shit, man. Like the psychiatrists, I don't know if they do it, but I do this. Like I, I, I you know, so so it's interesting. Like yeah, there, you know, you you don't need credentials or degrees to actually make shit happen to actually have to um, to to say that i can teach this to the world because the truth is um, i know 
a whole lot more than most people will ever know, especially because I do research and also I live this. So, yeah. so it's not, it doesn't like, it, it, and it's the true, it's true for all of you who are watching in, in some way, you know about certain things more than a lot of other people. Exactly. You are just not owning it yet, probably. Yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, just like an amount of time, like it's like, again, I, I get it all the time, the same thing. And it's like, I mean, just just the other day, someone was like, oh, you know, I, I was doing some video and, this, and I said something about my two hour lifting workouts. And I was like, oh, if you're if you're spending two hours in the gym, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, look at me, like show, send me your pictures. And if your pictures look better than mine, if you have a better physique than mine, then then we'll talk. But if 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 you're not a practitioner, then, then it's all theoretical bullshit. I don't care if you read a book by by someone who has five PhDs. I want to see if they're saying, you know, that they're getting fitness. I want to see the results. I want to see, you know, the same thing like with, with psychology or like how many psychologists are fucked up in the head? How many psychi psychi psychiatrists are, are just as depressed and uh, unmotivated and sit and watch TV, right, as, as everyone else. And, and, and again, and, and the, other, the other aspect to that is like how many Americans, how many people out there spend four or five hours of the day watching TV, uh -huh. watching sports, you know, playing games, like do, doing shit that like imagine – Right. If you were, if, you know, I mean, me, me and you, we, we spend all those hours reading books, like doing stuff like, like, like all those hours add up over time. And so, yeah, there's going to be, if, if you do this for 20 years of your life, there's going to be a great fucking divide. Right. And so like, you know, the people that are, are, are actualizing and actually doing things and applying things to their life or practitioners, they're going to be like score, you know, tons better than the average person that spends four hours a day watching tv and so you know that's that's how it is so it's like yeah. it, it might seem impossible but not everyone is living the same lives not everyone is right some people are are, are literally putting out four to five times or absorbing four to five times the amount of the amount of information as the average person every single day and actually putting into practice and that, that divide is going to grow very very quickly yeah it's the compounding effects you know over time it will grow literally figuratively it will happen sometimes what happens and i think this uh, this is something that happens with early stage entrepreneurs like they think they want the results very quickly yeah. so that so they they are they get impatient right oh the results are not here yet they're not here yet they're not here yet so they start messing things up in the process of you know in in this process now um because compounding the 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 screwed up thing about compounding is it's not visible to the naked eye you know exactly. what yeah. as humans we can only see a to b we can see simple logic we cannot see this compounding we can see simple interest interest work we cannot understand the the power of compounding like like just yesterday i <laughs> my podcast usually gets around 10000 plus downloads a month yesterday just in one day i got 8000 downloads like wow, boom yeah. like that and i'm looking at it and i'm like shit so my podcast has been around for a year you know we've done 100 episodes and i'm like look at it i'm like wow that happened but in my mind, I'm like, nothing changed. I still go back to work tomorrow and I do the same things over and over again. Like, I, I don't even know how I got it. I have no idea. I cannot figure that out from my stats. I cannot figure it out from any other way. Of, I have no way of figuring it out. But all I know is I've got to go and freaking do the thing all over again tomorrow. And it's, I don't know when the, when the exponential things will happen as a result of the hard work I put in. But that's when I said, hey, man, just got to trust the process. Like people are asking, hey, how did it happen? I'm like, I have no idea. Just trusted the process. Just continue to exactly. do it. And, you know, these things will just happen.
it happened because you had a lot of lottery tickets because every day you're buying three new lottery tickets and those lottery tickets don't ever expire. And that's, you know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's the, the thing is like, that it compounds over time. And then eventually these things, you got so much stuff out there, something eventually hits. And then, you know, and that's, that's why it's so, you know, it's so spiky, but you can't, orca- you can't, uh, you can't orchestrate that. It can yeah. only happen from you continually doing it every day. Right. And that's, yeah, and the, I, I guess that ties to the next book that Steven Pressfield has, which is called do the work and turning pro those two other books. He talks about these ideas, right? That we got to do the work and we've got to become real pros at doing the work. I think uh, for all those people who are watching, who are listening, who are, uh, you know, trying to figure this out uh, and you're wondering how to beat resistance, the answer is to turn pro. Exactly. Yeah. To, to, to become a pro. And and here's uh, actually one one more point I wanted to make. We probably should wrap this up pretty soon here, but mm-hmm. um, uh, one more point I wanted to make about the book too that I think uh, that kind of ties in the the mystical element of of it as well that that I, that I actually find pretty valuable is he there's again I I should have had the exact quotes I'd like to but I I like where he talks about he's actually quoting. Um, is it Tolstad or, 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 is, or maybe it's, I can't remember, but, but essentially someone asks, asks him and says, you know, is it that, uh, that you only write when you have inspiration mm-hmm. or are you, or you, do you just write whether you have it or not? And he Somerset says, mom. Know, yeah, some, that's it. Somerset mom. And he says, no, at, at precisely 9am every single day, when I sit down to my keyboard, inspiration comes, it's like the muse come and, and Pressfield talks about a lot about the muse. And this is that, that kind of mystical element of it. But, but it's so fucking true as a creative person is it's like, because I, and I know, cause there's times when like, I'm, I'm, I write, I, I do videos and I don't feel the creativity. Like I, but I force myself to do it anyway, even if I'm pumping out what I think is shit work. And, and it does come like if you're willing to sit down and do the work, because I think a lot of people use that. That's, you know, re- one of resistance's tricks is to say, well, I, do, I, I don't have I, today. I'm not in the zone. I don't have the creativity today I just can't write. I didn't get much sleep last night or I don't have an idea or, or I just, I just, I'm not, it's not, it's not clicking. And, and so they, they don't realize that like what you got to do is you got to do it anyway. Like, and, and that's the pro. The pro says, man, I, this is shit right now, but I'm typing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, it, and, and does it. And that's, that's, that's the, you know, that one I think trips up a huge number of people. Yeah. One of the things you inspired me to do, John, was, uh, you know, you were talking when we were at dinner that night, uh, you were talking about how you don't eat till uh, 5 p.m. And I was like, damn, man, that's fucking crazy. So one of the things I started doing now is that I made a rule for myself and I said, until I record my videos, I don't eat. Yeah. Now, whatever that takes, you know, if it's if I spend the whole day not doing the videos, well, I'm not eating until the videos happen. So that actually forces, you know, that kills resistance very quickly. Because oh, yeah. if there is a fight between not eating and the resistance, well, the eating part definitely is, you know, you, 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 I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the damn videos because I know I'm starving. So uh, it, it, it's a fascinating experiment, but I love it, man. It's like going after it uh, and not, not giving in that easily, no matter what. Yeah, that's a great technique. Is you know, if you can create rules for yourself that that force you to do the thing that you need to do, that that is like a fantastic technique. Actually, it's funny. One of my good friends, uh, Pinal Dave, who has this really big blog called SQL Authority, he's been like blogging for longer than I have. Every single day, I interviewed him for my my How to Market Yourself as a Software Developer course. 
plug that there. <laughs> and um, and when I interviewed him, one of the things that like one of the, the techniques, one of the tips that he gave was was he said that he doesn't brush his teeth every morning until he's written a blog post for the day. <laughs> so that like forced him to because that was a very strong habit, right? I mean, some some of you are like, I don't ever fucking brush my teeth, so that. <laughs> But fine, you, you don't whack off or, you know, whatever the thing is that you do every day, right? Eat is a good one, but uh, you don't get to do that until you do the thing that you need to do, whatever that, that and that will, that will absolutely get you the consistency that, that you need. Uh, so, yeah, so I like that technique. Yeah, man, that's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed that you've been what, doing it for how many years now? Uh, gosh, it's, I think I started the blog like in 2009. So the no eating thing. Oh, the no eating thing. That was uh, three years ago almost. I wow. think, yeah, because I started, yeah, it's been almost three years. So Thanks. not that I haven't ever missed a day, right? Like, but for the most part, I mean, I can count the days I've missed on, on both of my hands for sure in, in three years. So amazing. You are an inspiring motherfucker, man. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Manny. Well, it's uh, it's been fun as 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 uh, as usual. We'll have to do more of these. We'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, if we we can schedule some more time and do some more more books, because uh, you know we've I think we read uh, <laughs> we pretty much read the same books for the most part. So there's a lot of a lot of good ones for us to discuss. Yeah, and uh, for all those who are listening, again, you can get copies of this book. Just make sure you watch the whole interview. Somewhere in there, we have mentioned how you can get the copy. So. Um, thank you very much, John, again, for having me here. It's, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's almost like we're just sitting in a coffee shop and talking about another book and, you know, exchanging ideas. So it's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I'd love to be back here anytime you want me to. Yep. Definitely. Awesome. Oh, and one last thing for all of you, uh, before, before you leave, if you want to check out, if you like what Manny said here, uh, we'll put a link here for Manny's channel, 2000 books, definitely go out there, subscribe, you know, support Manny. He's a, uh, He's a he's an awesome guy, and he's you know he's doing a lot of these book summaries. He he can give you like like I said, I mean making the complex simple. I think you know Manny is is a person who's able to do that as well, taking these complex ideas and giving you the 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 meat of it. What's important, simplifying it down so you can understand it. So yeah, so go check it out and and you know and leave him some some love on, on some comments there. Tell him tell him he's not a psychologist. We're, ask him where his PhD is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, man, uh, yeah. Again, John, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate it. This has, been a, this has been a hell of a good time. So thank you for having me. All right. Take care, man. All right, buddy. Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing.